Let us be attentive. The Lord is my strength and my song. The Lord has chastened me sorely. Wisdom. The reading is from the Acts of the Apostles. Let us be attentive. In those days when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenist murmured against the Hebrews the the because Holy, their widows the were neglected the in the mark, daily distribution. To proclaim the and the twelve the summoned the body of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicolaus, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands upon them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Peace be with you, the reader. Hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Let us be attentive.
And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the door of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone was rolled back, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were amazed, and he said to them, Do not be amazed, you seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had come upon Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. Christ is risen. Christos Anesti. Today on the third Sunday of Pascha, as we refer it, the first being, of course, Pascha itself, the second being Thomas Sunday, and now the third as we commemorate the myrrh-bearing women, as we heard in the Gospel reading, and their service to our Lord, together with Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus of the Council. We're also reminded, historically, of the very first ordinations that took place when they chose those holy seven deacons to minister, to serve in the church. I was reminded that just over a year ago I was able to go to my own brother-in-law's ordination to the diaconate, which I'm sure many of you have have witnessed here in this very church. Uh, Of course, the ordination is a very moving service. One of the prayers that the bishop says as he's laying his hands on the candidate, as the one to be ordained deacon, as it said today, by the laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit, that grace of the diaconate of that priesthood is transmitted. This is what is said. O God, our Savior, by your immortal voice, you established the office of the diaconate through your apostles and showed forth the first martyr, Stephen, whom you elected first to fulfill the work of a deacon. It is written in your Holy Gospel, Whoever would be first among you, let him be your servant. Lord of all, fill this your servant, whom you have consented to enter the ministry of a deacon with the totality of faith, love, power, and sanctification by the descent of your holy and life-giving Spirit. For not through the laying on of my hands, but by the divine visitation of your rich mercies, Grace is bestowed upon your worthy ones. 
that he, liberated from every sin, may stand blameless by you in the awesome day of judgment and receive the true reward of your promise. This prayer is said, as I said, at the ordination of a man who is being established in that first order of the priesthood of the diaconate. But when we look at the word diakonos, which comes from the Greek diakono, or diakonia is the noun, it means a servant. It means one who is ministering. So in the general sense of that word, every single Christian is called to the diaconate. Every single one of us is called to a ministry and to service. Even Jesus himself describes this very fundamental act of every Christian. As he says in the Gospel of Mark, you know that those who are supposed to rule over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man also came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Lord himself is a deacon in the sense of a minister, of a servant, looking for the good of the other. The Lord of the universe came himself to show us this humble yet royal way. He is really the proto-deacon, the first servant of all. I would say he is the diakonos with a capital D. In Philippians, we even see this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant. So then Jesus not only taught about loving and humble self-sacrificial service, but showed us the way through his own example, not only through the words that he taught, but what he did by his very deeds of ministry and service to all those around him. If we hearken back to the Gospel of Holy Thursday, we read a beautiful account of what it means to be a diakonos, to serve. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going himself to God, rose from the supper, laid aside his garments, and he girded himself with a towel. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. When he had washed their feet and taken his garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. But if then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. 
For I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. In the Gospels, brothers and sisters, we hear about two types of bowls of water and two towels. The first bowl and towel are those which Pontius Pilate requested when he washed his hands and shirked his responsibility concerning the fate of Christ. But the second bowl and the second towel are those which we just heard about, the ones that Jesus used to wash and to clean his disciples' feet as an example for all of us concerning humble service. We should ask the question, of course, which bowl of water and towel are we using? The one that washes our hands of responsibility and of any service, or the one that takes responsibility and goes out in loving service to others? When we look today again to the women disciples, these myrrh-bearing women, we see indeed this viaconia, this service, how they ministered unto Christ and to his disciples, assisting Jesus during all the days of his public ministry. They provided funds, they provided shelter, nourishment, and helped in various other ways. They served him up to the cross and even after he had died at his burial. And, of course, this service continued, this diaconia, to the church at large by these very women after the day of Pentecost, after receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit and the power and energy to further go out and continue this service which they had been eyewitnesses of, of their master. I've seen a saying that the Lord doesn't ask you about your ability, but only about your availability. And if you prove your dependability, the Lord will increase your capability. Make yourself available to him. And don't question what you can or can't do, because if you just offer yourself to Christ, he will give you that capability. He will empower you and give you the means to serve and to love as he has. So do we make ourselves available to whatever service God is calling us to? If we look to one great example of service in our own lives, we see Mother Teresa. She had this to say, The biggest disease today is not leprosy or tuberculosis, but rather the feeling of being unwanted, uncared for, and deserted by everybody. The greatest evil is lack of love, the terrible indifference toward one's neighbors who live at the roadside, assaulted by exploitation, poverty, and disease. So then, of course, we must take up the bowl of responsibility, of responsible service, not the bowl of apathy. Gird yourselves, I say, brothers and sisters, with Christ's towel of love not Pilate's towel of indifference. Indeed, the reward is great, as many of us know. More often than not, we ourselves are spiritually benefited more than the person we think that we are trying to help, 
we reap the inner spiritual fruit of joyous satisfaction of having given ourselves over to God's will, serving him and the other. No greater reward can come to us Christians than the inner contentment and knowing that God has been pleased to use us as channels of his own mercy, to use us for the upbuilding of his holy church, to use us for the glory of his holy name. Inasmuch as you have done it to one of these, the least of my brothers, says Jesus, you have done it to me. There is no calling higher than that of a deacon, than that of a servant. In the kingdom of God, that is in the church, service is not a stepping stone to nobility. It is nobility, the only kind of nobility that is recognized. If we look at one of the more famous statements of of JFK, and we know it well, he pronounced, ask to my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And so my fellow Christians, I say, ask not what your fellow human being can do for you, but what you can do for your fellow human being. What you can do for your nameless neighbor, what you can do for your friend, what you can do for your spouse, what you can do for your children, what you can do for your parents, what you can do for your church. Ask not what your master and Lord Jesus Christ can do for you, but what you can do for your master and your Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, listen to this beautiful and ancient prayer And let us learn from it how to implore our God to use us and to use whatever gifts he has given to us for his glory, for the upbuilding of his holy church, and for the good of all of those around us. O Lord God Almighty, who has built your church upon the foundation of the apostles, under Christ the head cornerstone, leave me not destitute, I humbly beseech you, of your manifold gifts and talents, nor yet of grace to make a right use of them. Always, without any dishonorable self-ends to your honor and glory, that making a due improvement of all those gifts you graciously entrusted me with, I may be able to give a good account of my stewardship when the great judge shall appear, the Lord Jesus Christ, who reigns with you and the eternal spirit, one God, blessed forever. Amen. Christ is risen.